Hello, I'm Nathaniel, and welcome to The Descent into Illumination. So I've been thinking on this trip now, and actually really longer than just on this trip, what my next episode would be when it was by myself and wasn't an interview. Oftentimes, uh, I, I, I want to consider the Logos uh, trend, and I have a few ideas for episodes of them, because, you know, as I talked about, that was just the introduction, you know, into different categories, such as uh, talking about what it means to be, like, labeling, for example, labeling in-group, out-group, and how that affects our general psyche, um, the power and, uh, the power um, of either creation or destruction based off of language and using constructive or, dist- or creative language, and how that impacts our day-to-day life and society as a whole in general. It's very powerful things, and we see the rhetoric go both ways. And more often than not, unfortunately, we see in the larger social zeitgeist of at least the American media, very destructive language. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such uh, large divides um, and a real lack of coming together. There's not very much constructive language out in the media zeitgeist, at least. So, with that still brewing in the back of my head, it doesn't really feel appropriate, necessarily, to have that be the episode that I'm doing right now. Again, I'm still recording on my phone now, so I apologize if this audio quality is not up to sniff. But um, I hope I hope it's uh, the last episode with Tegan sounded really good, so I'm hoping it's still pretty decent. It's no AT2020 USB, I'll tell you that much, but hey... You know, the, the technology's here and, and making do. It was my own fault for not uh, not uh, having my microphone cord with me. That's I, I, I podcast for a living currently. What else should I do but bring a cord? No, no, no. That's this is the smart, sane thing to do. Why would I ever bring a cord? That's that's, that's that makes sense. <laughs> so I'll give you a little up to date. So of where I'm at currently, I'm in a city called Nico. Uh, it's actually an area or a, a part of the Tomagachi province um, in Japan. It is uh, known as one of the most sacred uh, areas in Japan because there are temples dating back to the 8th century and plus. The other day I was at uh, Buddhist and Shinto temples uh, and uh, the at the Shin, one of the Shinto temples that I went to um, was the burial site and the prayer site of the first shogunate. Um, Pardon me for butchering um, traditional Japanese language, um, but essentially they were the, the 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 leaders of the country. The shogunate was the leader of the country and during the, the Edo period, and it was really cool to see, uh, or at least one of the periods in Japan. I'm not 100 percent sure if it was Edo period. I believe it was Edo period, but I I don't want to be wrong. So if anyone wants to fact check that for me, you're more than welcome to. And please send me an email at into the descent at gmail.com. Or is it the descent into a gmail.com? Oh, well, I'll, I'll post a link. Um, I should know my own email. Um, that's not important right now. Uh, and it's a very beautiful, very beautiful area, but I went through a really tough time actually coming here. So it's a, I'm about two and a half hours via direct train north of Tokyo. 
and it is significantly colder up here. There's still there's snow flurries every day. I've been out walking around, and uh, it's pretty cold. And it has been very quiet. Japan as a whole um, has been insanely quiet to me, actually, in a lot of different senses. Um, when I was with Tegan, we were in the subway system, for instance, in the middle of rush hour traffic, and it was dead silent. And that was, that was insane to me. And then just walking the streets at night, just complete silence. But I still had this, you know, kind of urban... Obviously, I'm in Tokyo. I'm in the biggest city in the world, and... You know, really didn't feel alone, especially because I was with my best friend, right? I was a Tegan, and we were having a phenomenal time. We had a great time, and we really bonded over a lot of things, and we were, had each other to lean on in those things. And as soon as uh, I knew this was coming, but I didn't realize the mental uh, anguish that I would go through um, immediately after. But as soon as she boarded the train for the airport, and I boarded the train for Nico. I instantly was like, "Huh, well, it's just me again," and I'm, that's the it's the initial trigger right there. It's like I have this sense of being alone, you know, I'm on my own again, and it's it's so fascinating. I have this dichotomy in me, right, where all I want is my independence and be able have the ability just to do whatever the hell I want and just do things and have the freedom to go anywhere I want, be alone and enjoy my little peace and respite by myself. And then as soon as I get it, I'm like, huh, well, <laughs> I'm by myself. Oh, God, what do I do now? Total my thumbs, listen to a podcast, hit my vape. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. And it wasn't, it wasn't an issue then. What really happened was, is as soon as I, as soon as I got, as soon as I got off the train station at Tobu World Square, which is this very interesting place. As I'm actually like, I don't know, a five minute walk from staying in my Airbnb, um, and it's basically like a mini replicas of every major world building. Like the Statue of Liberty is there. I think the Pantheon is there. Uh, what else is there? There's a whole bunch of other things there. The Eiffel Tower. Um, I haven't really seen it. I'm just trying, I'm just basing off what I've seen off of advertisements to it. But basically, it's like a little miniature replica park of all these different things. And so I, I and that's the, the train station is named after it because it's literally right across from it. And I get off from it, and I'm like, well, this is the exact opposite of Tokyo. I just look off, and I'm in mountains. I'm in the mountains next to a, a national park, and it's uh, even... And I thought Tokyo was quiet for being as an industrial complex as it was. Nico has a beat by a long stretch. I also got in pretty late in the day, so it was about to be nightfall, and uh, snow flurries were coming down, and it was just quiet, you know, that real quiet you get with... Uh, snow and I walked uh, to my I was walking from the bus uh, no, train station to my Airbnb and just completely by myself you know I'm still having this kind of lonely feeling and everything like that and then I walked through these apartments which you know I think they're apartments maybe the equivalent in America would be like a townhouse but they look something like straight out of Chernobyl I swear to God and I've seen some beautiful and amazing architecture in the city. And I've seen some very amazing works done in very small places and getting people to live in studio apartments and everything like that. But th this place gave me straight just like post-apocalyptic radioactive monster um, horror vibes. And I'm walking through this. I'm like, I'm all by myself. Well, if this is the time for the radio apocalyptic 
death of humankind to begin, well, this is the time for it to start for me and just get eaten by some sewer mutant or something like that from Futurama. And, uh, and I get into my Airbnb and, you know, it's beautiful. I'm very happy I'm sitting in it right now. And it's basically a studio apartment um, equivalent in America. And it is very nice. And I have a, my bed's actually has a little heating pad on it. And I enjoy it quite a bit because it is cold here. Um, and from my desert blood, that it goes right through me. But that's not the point. When I get in and it's just pure black, you know, to turn on all the lights and everything like that. And I just kind of sit there. I'm like, huh, now what? I hold now what? I always have to do something. I always have to go do something. I can never just be satisfied with right here, right now. And just acceptance of the present and being okay with being right here, right now. And just being grateful. So I lay down on the bed, checked in with my family, checked in with the Airbnb host. That made sure that, hey, I'm checked in, everything's fine, I love the place. Same, you know, said that's all of them. And then I went and, you know, went to a shop and uh, about, you know, about a 10 minute walk from here, which is the closest shop to me, too. Um, uh, and got um, some delicious, uh, it was udon, I believe. Um, hot udon soup with uh, just tempura batter thrown in there. And it was, it was lovely. It was delicious. <laughs> I really enjoyed that bowl of soup. But it was just me and my thoughts, you know, and that's a dangerous predicament for me to be in sometimes. It's just me and my thoughts. I haven't yet to encounter anyone else in this reality that can hurt me mentally more than I hurt myself. And it was that day I let, let myself get into my thoughts. And it, it's never just a, you know, a 20 minute process for me. It's, uh, it's something I'm still healing from, you know, two, three days later. So, you know, I went to bed and started watching. I, I didn't even watch anything. I watched sumo wrestling on TV, actually. That's what I did. I watched sumo wrestling and I listened to podcasts that night. And I was exhausted just from the train travel and just the sheer mental uh, uh, pain I was letting myself go through. And so I, I kept waking up during that night. And the next day, I'm just going and just, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm lost. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm on this, apparently, you know, this amazing trip that I've been seeing, you know, worked really fucking hard to get here. Why am I here? What, I'm asking all these, what am I doing here? You know, am I worth having being here? Am I wasting my time? Am I an idiot for coming here? Um, why would I subjugate myself to this isolation? So... What did I do? I did my laundry. <laughs> I didn't do anything the next day. Did nothing. I went to a, a supermarket and I did my laundry. Those are the two things. I actually tried to go back to that restaurant again, but it was closed because it was a Sunday. And I'm like, oh, I guess they're closed on Sunday. So I wish I would have known that. So I walked all the way to a, a supermarket and got some uh, instant noodles. I've eaten so many instant noodles. Oh, I have two. I'm staring at two. I'm like, well, one of you's breakfast, one of you's another meal. So. Uh, it went in Rome. I do what the Romans do. It went, in, it went in Japan. Eat instant noodles because there's nothing quite like them uh, in America. So I get this in. I was doing my laundry, and it actually took me it took me a while to get out of bed. It took me like two, three hours to find the motivation to actually get out of bed and do something. I knew I wasn't going to. I was fancying the idea of you know trying to figure out what oh I should go into the main city of Nico Nico City and uh, explore. I'm just like I just don't I don't have it today. You know, and I'm really grateful that I had the emotional intelligence and that wherewithal to be like realizing I don't have it today. 
don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't, I'm scared to, you know, I'm not let it necessarily consume me, but understand that I'm in the spice of, you know, a lot of fear and a lot of isolation. Really, really, really uncomfortable, which is a growing experience, though. So I tried to use the first washing machine. It was broken. It was full of water. I'm like, oh, this isn't right. So I went back in my room, messaged my host, and uh, listened to something for an hour, and finally found the motivation to get back up and I realized that there was another washing machine. And I did my laundry. Laundry for me is something that is one of the most grounding things, actually. I love doing my laundry. I'll let it sit for fucking two, three days once it's clean. But the process of uh, putting it into the washer and putting it into the dryer and then um, it's, it's a really soothing process for me and even putting it up too don't get me wrong I'll just sometimes wait, wait a day or two and get yelled at <laughs> for leaving my for leaving my uh, clean clothes on the dryer um, and then no dryer here I had to air dry everything so I actually um, thanks to some advice from my dad I actually originally had it all clotheslined out but it's like hey it's like 32 degrees that might not be a good idea so I brought it all in and let it all air dry in my apartment and just have uh if I'm looking around just see underwear just on the like random uh, desktops and everything like that I have in the kitchen two pairs of pants drying um where the dishes were dry but hey it works you know I'm find a creative solution so what did this do for me? It did. It made me do something. It made me do something that I was routine and that I was comfortable with, and something that honestly I needed to do. I was out of clean clothes. I needed to do laundry. I was no ifs, ands, or jokes. I was I wore the same pair of sweatpants maybe two, three, four days in a row. I think I wore them the next day too, actually, because my pants were all the way dry. So I think I did. Me. I know it's kind of gross, but I wore the same pair of sweatpants for four days. You know, including one of those days I really didn't do much. Two of those days I really didn't. It was just travel, and the other day was that. But oof, I needed to get those clean. And this gave me the confidence to kind of quote unquote reset mentally. You know, where I was like, okay, well. I feel bad about not doing anything today. I feel bad. I felt like I didn't take advantage of being in this, you know, another country and learning to experience another and learning to embrace being that outsider. When I realized I'm, you know, when I needed that reset, I needed that ability just to do nothing for a day and just listen to podcasts and do laundry and uh, watch Netflix. It made me remember I was human again gave me that ability to feel comfortable and I'm so happy that I thought ahead of myself I'm like I'm struggling like what, the, what am I going to do next today tomorrow on Nico and I'm like well you know uh, there's a couple things I still want to do I want to, like check out the national park and everything like that but I'm so happy I gave myself this time where I can give myself that data reset um, and not have to do anything and I felt horrible for not doing anything that day but in reality that's just my anxiety speaking I can, this is supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. God forbid I actually take a day and have a vacation and rest. You know, that's a pretty crazy thought by itself. Well, maybe I should do that. And that's what I did. And the next day I went and saw those temples. Those three fucking amazing temples. Just to see the history. You know, I woke up that morning knowing I was going to go do something that day. I, f I felt comfortable. I'm like, well, worst comes to worst, I can just stay all day and enjoy my uh, my, my heated bed. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. I'm comfortable with that. I, I found my base again. You know, and uh, now I understand why was I feeling so all alone. Well, and also one thing I do need to add real quick. Um, on the day I did nothing that Sunday, uh, I reached out to a lot of people in my support network. I talked to Tegan again uh, and made sure she was safe back home and had a good conversation with her. 
I talked to another friend of mine who lives overseas in Taiwan. And I reached out to my family and my friends and I just talked to people, you know, I was like, this is why I'm struggling right now. My sister was very supportive because she had recently gone on a trip kind of similar last year. Um, and was like, no, I get it. And just that humanizing, like, oh, this is why I feel this. And then the mental processes, he was like, I was going in a city, the, the world's biggest city with my best friend going, 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 going to, to coming out to this place of, you know, I want to say it's ruled. There's still a lot of very developed areas around it. But I'm next to a national park, you know, and it's, it's very quiet. And there aren't a lot of people. And when I go for walks, I don't see anyone else. You know, unless I'm in Nico City proper. That's an hour train right away. Well, realistically 30 minutes. But with how long the trains come, you know, it's 30 minutes in between trains. So it's an hour. And to understand that it's not just me. It's like these... It's the whole picture. It's the, my surroundings. I'm going from a go, go, go to a very slow pace. And I wanted to do that. It wasn't very intentional. And it took me time to adjust. And allowing myself the time to adjust was very incredible. It needed to happen. And then, you know, that, that day I went and saw three amazing temples the next day after I talked to my support network and found that security again that I could move forward with the unknown. And I ended my day in a really good note. And I had um, a five-course meal with Wagyu beef. It started off with a with a soup, then it was uh, like a, a roast beef from the cow. And Wagyu beef is like some of the best beef apparently in the world. I don't know what I had. It was so good. And then uh, the, th the what was the third one? And then it was like a tomato mousse salad. It was a, like a, a mousse of tomato. It was served with little three cubes of oranges and like three tomatoes and it's the first time i've ever actually just eaten a tomato and i'm not because i'm not a huge veggie guy myself i'm working on it but i didn't hate it but i think also my body's like you just can't eat all these instant noodles bro you need to get some earthy veggies and fruits into you and i'm like yeah i hear you bro then i had uh uh then i had the wagyu beef and home oh, it was just salt and pepper and it was mm, mm, like butter so good oh so good everyone should try wagyu beef if you you were okay with eating meat, if you don't eat meat, that's totally okay. Uh, you don't need to. It's a lot more sustainable. There's a lot, a lot of good arguments not eating meat, especially beef. Um, goat and chicken, though. You know, hey, there's some, besides the horrors of the poultry industry in America. You know, there's other topics for other episodes. If you want to eat Wagyu beef, totally worth it. Um... And then a game with the fried rice. And then my last one was this one is I'm still struggling with today. It was uh, it was a crepe filled with custard and it was so good. Um, and but there, he's like, oh, give me one second. I want to do come back and put a brandy glaze on it. I'm like, oh, OK, well, you know, one thing it's, you know, you should know about this podcast is I'm in recovery. You know, my primary drug of choice was methamphetamine. Um, and marijuana never, I mean, I got drunk and never really liked drunk. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I've had, um, like vodka sauces and everything like that before. And I, and I just assumed, oh, okay, it'll be some, you know, whatever brandy sauce for him. Like, okay, cool. And so they go ahead and come and ladle it over it. And it's apparent and, and light it on fire. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, I like this and everything like that. And they drop it in there and everything like that. I'm like, ooh, it's on fire. I like this. 
uh, yummy, yummy, yummy. And I try it, and I'm like, this is fucking pure alcohol. <laughs> oh, my God. This is jeopardizing my sobriety. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't like this. So I tried to eat this crepe and not have an alcohol. I'm like, I couldn't finish it. It was the only thing in that meal. I even ate pickled cucumbers, and I do not like um, fermented things. Um, so it wasn't a pickle. It was like a pickled cucumber. It was like, I don't know what the steps are for fermentation properly, but it was not a cu- pickle yet. It was a pickled cucumber. Um, and I go ahead and I ate this crepe. Or I try to eat as much as I can of it, but it just tasted like pure brandy. I'm like, did I just fucking relapse? What the fuck was going on? And so I didn't finish it. I'm like, this is not worth me jeopardizing my mental health over it. And uh, and then I had a cup of tea afterwards. And I'm like, I had a long walk back because the, the buses were um, off at this point. And first of all, uh, Grumman's uh, Wagyu, anyone who ever's in Nico, highly recommend. It was about... 70 bucks us one person for single course expensive but really good um i guess i really can't yell at being unemployed when i just dropped 70 dollars on uh one meal that's that's expensive in my blood though oh my god that was probably the most single most expensive meal i've ever paid for by myself oh well i worked for this i deserved it i'm allowed to enjoy life sometimes well really all the time i don't need to suffer I should correct that, and it's, a, it's an attitude change I need to continue to undergo. But, you know, so I'm walking back, and it's about a 30-minute walk back to the train station from where I'm at. And I'm like, did I fucking relapse? What the fuck? And, you know, I'm going like, no, I didn't drink brandy, first of all. Um, second, I just tried a bite of uh, something that I didn't really know it was, and it wasn't. I'm like, no, this isn't. I'm not trying to have a glass of uh, whiskey on, uh, or a shot of whiskey on I mean, on a full stomach or anything like this. This is what I'm trying to do. I was just trying, and I just, there was a cultural thing and everything like that. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, as soon as I realized what it, what it was, and it wasn't just like a, you know, a vodka sauce with um, pasta or um, uh, like a beer brine with uh, a turkey or something like, or frying something or, or brining anything really, you know, and all these things like that. You know, it wasn't, anything like that i didn't finish it you know and i didn't get drunk or anything like that but it was the closest moment in my entire sobriety that i've reached so far and that i was the closest to i guess would it be a potential relapse and it really fucked me up it wasn't intentional or anything like that i didn't go out of my way to you know get meth or anything like that but it re- it's something that really messed with my head and again it's not like i was chugging brandy here or anything like that it was a uh uh, a puree thing that was dripped on part of my crate. And for all I know, it could have been, the alcohol could have been completely burned off too, you know, in the whole thing. You know, the, I think this is something they served to kids, you know, and it just tasted like brandy to me because I haven't had alcohol in over four years now. And I'm like, oh, that tastes like alcohol. I don't like that. Can't get that near me. And so, like, I want to tell, like, there's like that self deprecating side of me that wants to be like, no, you relapse, you're a horrible person, you fucked up your whole life. But I'm like, no, that's just not the truth. I didn't do that, you know. And it's like, and then I went into this whole spin about, you know, like my, my sponsor, for God's sakes, you know, they take opioids as prescribed and everything like that. Now, this isn't the same thing as being prescribed by a medical physician by any means, but this isn't going out of my way to get an eight ball of meth either or anything like that or having a beer or having a cold one with the boys or anything like that you know no it was a traumatic experience though and it really did hurt 
<laughs> that Wagyu beef experience for me in my head. Because I'm not going to remember how delicious that Wagyu beef was. I was going to remember that I fucking had that first second. I had a taste of brandy in my mouth and I hated it. And again, it was just some fucking fired up brandy fucking thing on a crepe. I don't know. I don't understand these fine desserts. I'm a simple folk. I'm a farmer. I'm not really a farmer. Though I would like to be a tea farmer one day. That is a goal. I would love to farm my own tea and tobacco. I am still a nicotine addict for sure. I want a good cigar. But I wasn't about to risk. Long story short, I wasn't about to risk my sobriety and continuing to eat a crepe just because you know even if it didn't have any alcohol uh or uh le levels left in it and it was just the leftover taste because like same thing with the vodka sauce right you know you want this vodka in it for the taste or the beer for the beer brine you know you need it for the taste it tasted way too much like brandy for me and i'm like i can't i can't do this and i'm not willing to jeopardize my sobriety or my recovery or my life you know but it, what it did make me realize is how perilous Actually, it is, you know. I never thought I, I got recovery. I think this is still going to be a lifelong battle, and I don't think I have yet. I think I still have so much more to learn. But, you know, it was a, an awakening call for me to realize how quickly that life events can just happen to switch it. That's scary. That scared me. I think that's what scared me more than anything. Was here as it was trying to eat a crepe, and all of a sudden I'm like, "This is not okay." That really did scare me because it's like it was one of those moments <laughs> where I'm like, "I'm not in control of these things. I can control my reaction to these." And my reaction was, you know, after that second bite of the crepe, I'm like, "This is just not okay." You know, after I realized that, I can control my reaction. It was like, nope, this is not for me. This is not right. And it's not it's putting me, making me uncomfortable. I don't want to jeopardize my future for this. But I can't control the, the events that led up to them. I didn't know what was happening. I was trying to talk to a waiter in a language that I don't speak as an outsider. You know, I'm going to their country and I'm not speaking that language. That's on me, not them. He was trying to be as comedy as he can. I just, it's the one thing I didn't finish, you know, and that's all I needed it to be at, you know, and it, that scared me. And that was the combination of the day before where, you know, that uncomfortability with being in another combined that with, uh, did I just risk my entire life or, you know, am I not, I'm not in control. That painful reminder that I'm not in control and I need to find acceptance in the present moment. It's a very humbling thing. It was a very, very humbling thing. But it's what I needed. I'm happy it happened the way it did. I'm happy both those things happened because it helped me remember who I am. You know, someone who likes to go out and experience the new at the uncomfortable. And those growing pains that come with it. I'm, I'm, I mean that more of like exploring a place by myself versus... Um, you know, almost relapsing. I don't want to do that again, if at all possible. But, you know, going out and experiencing something new that I'm not in control and that I have to rely on my higher power, my understanding. You know, I've actually prayed more times that I've been here um, than I've had in, in direct prayer format in my often my day-to-day -day life. Though I'm, like, praying at, like, Shinto shrines to, like, uh, the different beings and venerables that are venerated. 
And I'm like, just help me understand Shintoism. And I'm like, what is this? I don't, I can, I, I don't even understand. I just want to pray to the Buddhist shrine, uh, too, to, um, with the three Buddhists. Very beautiful. I just asked, help me understand fucking Buddhism a little bit more. I also prayed for one very specific thing, but I'm going to keep that close to home and hopefully that works out well. Um, but I really, just that's the way I, you know, you know, I said omitofu, and that's Chinese, I don't know Japanese, I don't know what the word for Buddha is in Japanese, so I went back to what I know in Chinese, so hopefully I did something right there, I don't know, it's, it's a foreign thing to me, but it's exciting, I'm learning and seeing new things, and I wouldn't have the appreciation of just being able to marvel in front of three big Buddhas, or going for a walk along a gorge and seeing these weird... Shinto shrines that I don't understand in this very beautiful place. Having yakisoba noodles and honestly, I fucking uh, uh, just picked up a, a thing for my dad that I can't actually say in case he listens to this podcast. You know, I hope uh, you know all those little gifts that I get to do without having that uncomfortability, without having that moment of you know a little bit of fear of like understanding and grounding and humbling. Those are important parts of that. That's part of life. Now, I don't have to suffer. I cause myself to suffer in my minds and my mindset. But I don't have to suffer as an individual based off of life. I can live life on life's terms and find the acceptance in that and control my reaction to that and try and do the next right thing. I love you. Hope you're doing good wherever you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Descent into Illumination podcast. Feel free to email me at thedescentinto at gmail.com. Please follow me on Twitter at IntoTheDescent. Thank you very much again for listening. Please remember that you are loved, you are not alone, and that you are worth it.